0: On this episode of Catholics in the Capital.
1: Dr. Marie Alberte Borsico, president of Catholic Medical Association, and Will Gates, Ave Maria law student, then Dan Dan, the radio man, and our weekly guest, Father Jack Hurley from the Cathedral of St. Matthews. All this and more.
0: Catholics in the Capital starts right now.
1: Hello, I am your radio host, Christina Cox and you are listening to Catholics in the Capital on WMET 1160 AM. And welcome all new listeners from Virginia, Maryland, and Washington, DC. And thank you for turning in today. Well, it has been some March for Life last Thursday and Friday, and I believe it was the largest crowd they ever had. Over 100,000 or more pro-lifers came to our nation's capital. The weather was beautiful. It was in the 50s, and this powerful march had the attention of our president, President Donald Trump, for he came out of the White House and via satellite, and he welcomed the supporters of the pro-life movement. In the president's speech from the White House on Friday, he delivered his talk from the Rose Garden as the rally-goers at the march watched it on video screens just blocks away from the National Mall. President Trump said, I want to thank every person here today and all across the country who works with such big hearts and tireless devotion to make sure that parents have the care and the support they need to choose life. Last week, we interviewed Carol Tobias, president of the National Right to Life, and Ernie Olaf on the show. They were fantastic as they were out there for the March for Life. Many, many visitors stayed over the weekend. The weather was perfect, and it was like God planned to bring out the sunshine for such a great cause about the March for Life. Now, little Vatican news is Pope Francis just finished his trip to Peru, and over 1.3 million people attended the papal mass. He said to the crowd, I urge all of you not to be afraid, to be saints of the 21st century. He said, telling Peruvians, and that there is no better way to protect their hope than to remain united, so these reasons for hope may grow day by day in your hearts. The Mass took place in Lima's Las Palmas airbase on Sunday, January 21st, which was His Holiness' last day. He said, today the Lord calls each of you to walk with him in the city and in your city, he said. He invites you to become his missionary disciple so that you can become part of the great whisper that wants to keep echoing in the different corners of our lives. Rejoice, the Lord is with you. Now, a little health news. I guess you have heard that the flu is going around, so I'm going to ask you to take care of yourself. Make sure you wash your hands and use that spritzer that you see all in the stores and the supermarkets because keep your hands clean. It's this flu is going on from California to D.C. to New York and all the 50 states. The flu is on the rise this winter, and my best friend from high school just got the flu in New York City, and after 10 days of being sick, she now has pneumonia. So please pray for her. Her name is Pam. Coming up on the show today, we have Dr. Marie borsi She will talk about the Catholic Medical Association. And she has some events coming up that she's going to share with us. And exactly what does the Catholic Medical Association do and how they're united? She has the faith in the Lord and she prays for her patients. She is a true example of a doctor with faith in God. Now, Dr. Marie is a certified internist, and she's a graduate of New York University and of Howard University College of Medicine. She completed her residency training at the John Hopkins Sinai Hospital Program for Eternal Medicine, and she was awarded a fellowship status in the American College of Physicians in 2007. She currently works as a full-time internist for Ellicott City, Maryland. And then later, we have coming up another special guest, thanks to Cap Mona and his support to the students, faculty dean at the Ava Maria Law School. Cap is able to align this interview so listeners can learn all about Ava Maria Law School. William Gates is a student at Ava Maria Law School, and he attended the school in Ava Maria Community since grade school becoming the first student to attend Abba Maria schools from grade schools through grad schools. Over the years, he has received academic awards such honor roll, Dean's List and Valedictorian as well as a community service award on the Knights of Columbus. He is going to share with us great insight of what it's like to be a young college student in the Abba Maria Law School and you will not want to miss that. Later in the hour, we got Father Jack Father Jack is back, and he's going to talk about the conversion of St. Paul. And the feast day was yesterday, and you can be able to catch more of that also on EWTN. They have a special program on that. Father Jack will also mention other saints for the month of January. Their stories are really interesting. And then we're going to have Dan Dan, the radio man, coming up, and we're going to talk about Restaurant Week coming up. Well, it's been going on all week, and it's going on till Sunday, so you won't want to miss some of the deals that are out there. So stay tuned. I will be right back with our special guest. You're listening to Catholics in the Capital.
2: Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them?
1: Original sin.
2: As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to WMET 1160 AM or simply log online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Monsignor Walter Rossi, the rector of the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. And you are listening to 1160 AM WMET on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Catholics in the Capitol. Here's your host, Christina Cox.
1: Welcome back. I am your radio host, Christina Cox, and we are on Catholics in the Capitol. And we have a very special guest for our show today. Dr. Marie Busiku is here, and she's going to be talking to us because she is the president of the Board of Directors of the Catholic Medical Association. Dr. Marie Alberte Busiku is a board-certified internist. She is a graduate of New York University and the Howard University's College of Medicine. She completed her residency training at the John Hopkins Sinai Hospital Program in Internal Medicine. She was awarded fellowship status in the American College of Physicians in 2007. She currently works as a full-time internist in Ellicott City, Maryland. She's an active member of her parish, the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, America's first cathedral. She's past president and original member of the local Baltimore Guild Catholic Medical Association. She served on a number of medical and church-related boards and committees, and she's a proud aunt of three nephews and a godmother of four. Well, welcome, Marie. Welcome to our show today. It's great to have you on.
3: Thank you very much. I'm, I'm honored to be here.
1: I can't wait to share with our listeners today about what the Catholic Medical Association does, especially since you are the president of the Board of Directors, And I would like to ask you if you could explain to our audience the vision of the Catholic Medical Association, for their motto is, Inspiring Physicians to Imitate Christ. It's such a great slogan for a Catholic organization. So please share with us, what exactly does the Catholic Medical Association do? What is their mission?
3: So the mission uh, of the Catholic Medical Association basically is to support physicians and healthcare professionals to offer authentic healthcare in conformity to the magisterium of the Roman Catholic Church and in imitation of Christ, the divine physician.
1: Well, it sounds like it's a, a big organization. How many doctors do you have?
3: We have over 2,000 members uh, of the organization, my, my. Uh, the majority of which are physicians.
1: And are there all different specialties? What kind of doctors?
3: Absolutely. There are internists like myself, pediatricians, obstetrician, gynecologists, surgeons, so psychiatrists. Every specialty is represented in the organization.
1: Well, you are a Catholic doctor of medicine, and you studied internal medicine, and you have such a very impressive resume. Did you always want to become a doctor?
3: I'll say that it was actually God's plan for me to be a doctor because everyone in my life always told me that I, I was going to become a physician. I actually majored in math and minored in chemistry and physics, so I actually thought I was going to be an engineer or an astronaut. How interesting. But uh, but God had other plans for me. So I think he really, it was his decision. It was his well, calling. Was
1: there a, a Catholic or a spiritual experience that you could share with us that maybe had an impact in your life when you said, Nope, I, I want to be a doctor. I know I want to be a doctor.
3: Well, I think I you know, when I when I graduated from college I decided to go to work and I was miserable working because (laughs) I'm just not a nine to five person. So, you know, clocking in and clocking out just didn't work for me. And I realized that year that I was working that this was not what God called me to do. So I would often pass a church on the way to work and I started to stop in and just pray for a few minutes and sometimes I was able to attend mass but I remember praying and asking the lord to just show me the way what do you want me to do and then I just remembered you know I should have I should have applied to medical school and and see what would happen. So that's what I did. So I applied to medical school, and I was invited to interviews and ultimately uh, attended
1: medical school. So it's like you've got a calling, like a priest or or a sister or any of us in life when God speaks to our hearts. So we could be sitting in church. We could be any point, sitting in our car or lying in bed. And all of a sudden, you kind of have that feeling in your heart. Right of what you're supposed to be doing in life.
3: Right. And like many other prophets, I try to run. <laughs> but God had his way.
1: Well, it sounds like uh, you've always been a spiritual person and you've always had faith in God. And um, I also want to ask you, with the fast growth in uh, healthcare and medicine. How do doctors keep up with all the new techniques and the new pharmaceutical drugs and healthcare equipment in the hospital today? It's just coming at us with all these new things in the field, in sure. the healthcare field. So, what's what's your opinion on that? Well, I, I mean, as physicians,
3: it's incumbent on us to keep ourselves up to date in terms of all techniques and and, and things of that nature. So, how we do that is typically by reading we read journals, we participate in medical conferences where we earn medical credits. So that's how we keep up.
1: Well, not only are you meeting with your patients during the day, then you go home and you're studying or you're doing more research. Absolutely. And, and you know, in hospitals, we need, uh, you need a lot of assistance. You have so many roles of so many people. So the Catholic Medical Association, how do they keep on top of all of this is this one? They have maybe their conferences and yeah.
3: So we have educational uh, tools through the organization. The most important is our annual educational conference, uh, which is typically held for about three to four days. Our upcoming conference this year will be held in um, Dallas, Texas. And, oh, nice! Um, and the theme is restoring healthcare in a technocratic age building parallel structures to deliver compassionate care. Uh, We also have a scholarly journal. It's called the Lineker Quarterly Journal, Mm -hmm. and that's another mode of education for our members and uh, subscribers.
1: Um, Tell us what's happening in health care reform and how you feel about the high costs of health care for families, especially if they can't even afford the insurance. Can you briefly give us an opinion for the Catholic Medical Association's view on health care reform. Sure. So that's that's something
3: uh, an area of great interest to us, obviously, because we seek to uh, offer authentic health care in alignment with the magisterial teachings. We're disappointed, obviously that we were not successful in achieving that this year. Uh, the health care reform. We thought, you know, with a uh, Republican government uh, that w- we would be able to achieve that health care reform, but it didn't happen, and that's a disappointment. I think when it comes to health care reform, I think there are four points that were very clearly pointed out by our Episcopal advisor, Bishop uh, James Conley uh, of Lincoln, Nebraska. He pointed this out at the Convocation for Catholic Leaders in uh, Florida last July. But there are four points that really should be followed. Okay, One is tell us. that um, all health care plans must respect the dignity and uh, sanctity of human life from conception to a natural death. Everyone should have access to basic health care, including immigrants. Real healthcare care reform needs to include explicit ironclad conscience protection for medical professionals and institutions so they cannot be forced to violate their moral convictions. And lastly, any health care reform must be economically realistic and financially sustainable.
1: Wow. So wow. those are the goals. I've also looked at your website. It really looks interesting. I see that your CMA members are planning to go to Mexico City and the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I have been there myself uh, in not this past summer, but the summer before. And it's quite a place to be able to go to see one of the oldest shrines in North America. So... Uh, Tell us about what you're planning and why are you going to Mexico City?
3: So, you know, for the last uh, year or so, uh, we've implemented uh, pilgrimage, and this enables our members an opportunity to grow In holiness, uh, which is one of our missions as a CMA. So uh, it just so happens that the 2018 trip is uh, scheduled for Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's our plan for 2018. Again, it's a pilgrimage and it's to help encourage personal growth in holiness.
1: And then let me jump ahead here. You do have a conference as well on. uh, September 20th to the 22nd. Correct. And is that the conference going to be in Dallas?
3: That's the conference in okay, Dallas. Okay,
1: so we know the date and yeah. for that. And uh, let me just ask, we also know that the Roman Catholic Church has always had a big interest in health care, saving lives, healing and building hospitals. Let's talk about the women that were in healthcare, like Mother Cabrini, who started building hospitals, and the Sisters of Charity that took care of the wounded soldiers. They became nurses during the Civil War. It's a big role for women to enter healthcare 150 years ago, and it's still today. So you mentioned to me you have interest in Sister Mary.
3: Pelletier, yes. Yes. Tell us
1: about why she uh, stands out, In Catholic faith and healing and who she was.
3: Well, she was um, a a foundress of the Good Shepherd Sisters. And I came to know about her when I was invited to participate in a tribunal. One of the sisters was being considered for advancement to canonization. So uh, she was their uh, foundress, and and that's how I came to know about her.
1: Well, that's a wonderful story. Yeah. What can we tell our audience about the secret to living with Catholic faith? How do you be strong as a doctor to live with life and death situations when dealing with a patient? Do you worry at times? Do you pray for your patients? Can you share with us?
3: Well, absolutely. I mean, we're all encouraged as members to grow in holiness, and and that's one of the functions of the organization. That's one of the functions of the gills. Uh, Obviously, I pray daily. I'm a very spiritual person. And, of course, I pray for my patients. I also have masses said for them when they pass on. So I'm very involved with with, uh, the care of my patients. And I would dare say that most of our physicians are, are behaving the same way.
1: Well, how can people reach the Catholic Medical Association? Where can they find you on the internet? Do you have a website?
3: Yes, we have a website, and it's www.cathmed.org. So we encourage everyone to please log on and, and seek us out.
1: Well, thank you very much for joining us today. You are a wonderful Catholic leader in medicine, and thank you for coming on Catholics in the Capital radio show, and God bless you with all the outstanding work that you are doing.
3: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Catholics in the
0: Capital will return right after this break on 1160 AM WMET.
4: This is Bishop Michael Burbidge of the Catholic Diocese of Arlington. As we settle into another D.C. winter, we realize that the excitement of the holidays has given way to the routines of life. During the dark and cold nights, we may find that we suffer from feelings of loneliness or isolation however may we recognize that this emptiness is the perfect time to find the real joy in our lives the joy that comes only from god as the bible tells us may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the holy spirit let us embrace then The warmth, comfort, and serenity that our Lord and Savior offers us unconditionally each and every day of our lives.
1: And now with me in the studio is our weekly guest, Father Jack Hurley from the Cathedral of St. Matthews. How are you, Father? Did you survive the March for Life last week?
5: <clears throat> well, it uh, it certainly was very impressive, and uh, I, I enjoyed being able to get out and not have to worry about heavy wind or anything or like snow. That. Uh, right, snow. it's
1: all gone now. Well, wonderful. So, what do we? What saying are we going to talk about today? Who's interesting?
5: Well, we had been talking last time about the week of prayer for Christian unity, and it ends on the 25th with the conversion of St. Paul. And I thought it would be good to focus a bit on this, because it really is so important. Known as the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul was the most prominent early Christian missionary, and perhaps the most important of all. was through his conversion that we have perhaps the most amazing conversion to Christianity of all time. Earlier, of course, he was known as Saul. Paul received both a Greek and Jewish education, and he possessed Roman citizenship. He was a self-described Pharisee, zealous in his persecution of the early disciples of Jesus. However, As we read in three different references in St. Luke's Acts of the Apostles, and briefly in some of Paul's own letters, like the letter to the Galatians, he had a profound conversion experience with Christ calling him while en route to Damascus around the year 35. This was an experience he interpreted as a call to preach the risen Christ to the non-Jews. This was a challenge that then marked the remainder of his remarkable life until his martyrdom in Rome nearly three decades later. He participated in three missionary journeys throughout Asia Minor and present-day Greece. This involved adopting a moderate position on whether Gentile converts needed to accept Jewish circumcision and dietary laws, establishing several Christian communities around the eastern Mediterranean, writing letters that form part of the New Testament, and all this time suffering awesome hardships in the process. This feast was originally a commemoration of the moving, uh, liturgically known as a translation of Paul's relics from the catacombs to the major basilica of St. Paul outside the walls in Rome. Paul is thought to have been martyred outside Rome at Tre Fontana, where three fountains, according to legend, grew up in the area where he had been beheaded. Some maintain they grew up in areas where his head had bounced after he was beheaded. But in any event, the conversion aspect of Paul's life became the dominant motif of the Feast of Paul, and it has taken on a greater significance by being chosen as the closing day of the annual week of prayer for Christian unity. It has likewise become a major ecumenical liturgical celebration for the Pope, when that includes participating with representatives of other Christian denominations at St. Paul Outside the Walls. And in fact, this commemoration is scheduled for him each year and, and this year likewise One of the most comforting and prayerful verses in Scripture from Paul may be found in chapter 4 of his letter to his favorite community, the Philippians. Here he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God, that surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well,
1: well, Father, I like Paul's letter. I think that offers something for everyone. Wasn't Paul, um, went blind before, I mean, it was part of his conversion?
5: That's correct. According to the presentation in the book of Acts, uh, he was blinded for a while, but then he recovered his sight when he uh, accepted baptism.
1: I see. And um, I think I read someplace that Pope Francis visits the uh, basilica, the major basilica of St. Paul outside the walls in Rome. Tell us about that.
5: Yes, it is traditional for him and and his recent predecessors to visit that on this day, uh, on the Feast of the Conversion. Uh, And generally, he's joined by leaders of, of several other protestant and other non-catholic christian faiths
1: well the holy father will be coming back from his trip from chile and peru then so that's going to be a busy week well thank you father jack for sharing that with us and i would like to tell our listeners to please read the story about the conversion of saint paul and i am sure that you will learn a lot about what his letters have said and thank you for joining us today thank you We'll be right back with Catholics in the Capitol.
2: Hey Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary?
5: Glorious? Orminous? joyful, and thoughtful.
2: There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children, and if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to WMET 1160 AM or simply log online to GRNonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
0: All Catholic men are invited every Saturday morning to Blessed Sacrament Church in Alexandria, Virginia by the parish's men's group to enjoy fellowship with other Catholic men. It starts with breakfast at 6.30 a.m. and then a speaker will give a presentation at 7.15 a.m. Each week there is a different speaker talking on a topic related to the Catholic faith. For more information, go to blessedsacramentcc.org. That's blessedsacramentcc.org.
2: Thank you for listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network and being part of the family. As family, we have a duty to pray for each other, and we would be honored if you would let us pray with you and for you. You don't even have to tell us your name. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, or call our prayer request line and leave us a message at 800-395-4008. That's 800-395-4008. We will be praying for you every day.
6: Not sure what gift to get for your loved one or what book to read next? Go to Pascal Lamb. Pascal Lamb is a full-service Catholic bookstore and gift shop. Located in Fairfax, Virginia, Paschal Lamb has a large variety of top-quality merchandise and a knowledgeable staff. We're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. For more information, call 703-273-5956 or shop online at paschalamb.com. On Saturday, February 24th, from 9.45 a.m. to noon, all women are invited to the St. John Paul II National Shrine for Tea and Rosary for Mothers. There's a short presentation, breakfast, meditation on the rosary, silent prayer, discussion with the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy, and reconciliation. Babysitting is available, and all are welcome to stay for Mass at noon. To RSVP, go to teaandrosary.eventbrite.com.
2: Are you looking for a school for your daughter, grades six through 12, that offers an inspiring education grounded in the teachings of the Catholic Church? Oak Crest School, an independent all-girls school, has been doing that for over 40 years. For more information or to set up a tour at its beautiful new campus centrally located in Vienna, Virginia, go to oakcrest.org forward slash WMET. That is oakcrest.org forward slash WMET boldly proclaiming the truths of our Catholic faith. WMET, 1160 AM, Gaithersburg, Washington. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio, for your soul.
1: And now I'd like to welcome my co-host, Dan Dan, the radio man. And we're going to chat it up of what to do in Washington, D.C., How are you, Dan? Nice to see you again.
7: I'm great, Christina. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. So, you know, January is a very busy month, believe it or not. We just had the March for Life. Can you believe there was over 100,000 people here?
7: Yes, actually, I can believe it because, you know, we were far from where the March for Life happened. And we actually went out uh, that Friday a a little bit uh, to experience, uh, you know, people who were just excited uh, to get that pro-life message out there. And uh, all the events that were happening around town, we were even out uh, Thursday at John Paul II National Shrine. There was hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of uh, young high school students, religious priests, nuns. We saw all kinds of people. It's just an exciting time.
1: I didn't even think about the Pope John Paul Shrine down there, but I guess they were exploring everything of that little Vatican City over there where they have all those different, uh, and the Franciscan Monastery probably did well.
7: Uh, they probably did well. The Basilica, we saw a lot of people there. I know they had a special master, too, uh, for the March for Life week. So it's probably the biggest event uh, in January for Catholics, and it's hard to measure up to it. But I know we still got some things going on this week.
1: Yes, and Monsignor Rossi said that he had like 12,000 at least coming and going outside the Basilica.
7: I could believe it because going by in the parking lot, there was just tons of tourist bus yeah. with people just coming off from all over the country. And that's the exciting thing is that, you know, to bring Catholics across the country and even some internationally, because a lot of people do come internationally for this event. So it's a big event.
1: So it's too bad they missed this week, which was the restaurant week. They could have got more deals on where to eat and where to go, right?
7: Yeah, so yeah, it turned a little different direction. So in March for Life, now we got Restaurant Week, uh, which is uh, this is Friday. There's only a couple days left. It goes through this Sunday. But if you go to ramw.org forward slash restaurantweek, you can look up restaurants by neighborhoods or by type of cuisine and see what kind of deal promotions they're, they're having. I know most places they're doing like a three course dinner for $35 or I think it's a three course lunch for roughly 22, $22, I think $22 and brunch also for $22.
1: Yes, well, since we're at the end of the week now, it's already Friday, I would just recommend a couple of restaurants for the weekend if uh, people are visiting or you're going to come into town. I would say, well, it's Friday night, so go to Maestro's. And that is wonderful because they have music starting around 7.30. So you can go in for cocktails and listen to a, a duo of a, someone plays the piano when somebody sings, and you can get a steak dinner there, and it has a very like nightclub type of atmosphere. It's a good place to go on a date or take your wife, Dan.
7: Got to get that babysitter first lined up, <laughs> but yeah, I'll think about that.
1: If you want to get a night out, that's a good place to go. And then I would say on Saturdays and Sundays, If you want to go down to Georgetown, do a little shopping, you can stop into Billy Martin's because he always has breakfast, lunch, and dinner going on there. And uh, if you can call ahead of time, you can ask to sit in the Kennedy booth because that's where John F. Kennedy asked his uh, Jackie. to. They got engaged there, apparently.
7: Not only can you get a good meal, but uh, see something historical.
1: Well, we're going to have Billy on the show probably down the road, and um, he'll tell us about all the famous people that have eaten there. So then uh, another great place I would say is Bobby Vans too. I think you can get a big steak for $41. And um, hopefully the choice of meat, like a filet or something like that, is the same size it would normally be.
7: Hopefully so, (laughs) yeah, for restaurant week. That
1: They're they're uh, not cutting back.
7: Yes, hopefully not, giving good healthy portions to hungry patrons. Uh, Christina, is there one uh, restaurant that you're gonna go to uh, this weekend, or is there one in particular that you like to frequent?
1: Well, I like them all. That's the problem. Um, I like a good steak once in a while, so maybe I'll probably go down to Maestro's tonight, have a, a glass of wine with some friends, and order something. Something good. Needy.
7: Needy, yeah. So again, so check out all the information for Restaurant Week. Go to ramw.org forward slash restaurant week. I know that they're having a lot of uh, prizes are given away. So tickets to local food events, restaurant gift cards, and then cookbooks from local chefs here in the area because DC has become quite a hotbed for, uh, you know, foodies and restaurants, uh, making the Michelin rating and uh, Zagat rating one of the top cities in the US. So go out and support restaurant week here in DC. It's
1: a great idea and take a doggy bag if you can't eat it all.
7: Yes, take a doggy <laughs> bag, get some leftovers uh, for the next day or for the rest of the Don't week. Don't
1: forget about your, your dog at home.
7: Yes, do not forget about your animals. They need to eat too. And also, uh, upcoming, not this week, but down the road, we have uh, an event coming up at the John Paul II National Shrine. February 17th, we have the Holy Family Celebration, which is a half-day event. So, it's you know, parents bring your kids. And it will be a special event where they'll have Monsignor Charles Pope, one of our own local priests who's also nationally recognized, giving talks for couples. But they're going to have a lot more to that. They're going to have Mass, Consecration to the Holy Family, and Fun Catechesis for Children and Teens. There'll be food and entertainment. So go to their website, which is jp2shrine.org, to get more information or to RSVP for that. So you have to to sign up for this event. But uh, it's a wonderful event for families. Especially, you know, myself having a daughter, you know, it's tough. You want to do events that you could bring, bring everyone, the family
1: together, bring
7: the whole family together. So this is a wonderful event for people to check out. Again, it's the Holy Family Celebration. It'll be Saturday, February 17th. Again, jp2shrine.org.
1: Well, that's great. Well, thank you, Dan. I mean, this, this is great advice of what to do and what to see in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining me, the Catholics in the Capitol.
7: Oh, my pleasure. Uh, every week. And for our listeners, have fun, get out there. What's fun and exciting out here in the, our nation's capital, And uh, for all you Catholics, you know, remember to go to Mass on Sunday.
1: Exactly. God bless.
6: On the 22nd of each month, come to the St. John Paul II National Shrine for Evenings with Merciful Jesus. All are welcome to join the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy for adoration with praise and worship, confession, a talk by one of the sisters or a special guest, and a small group reflection. Recognize that God's mercy is greater than our sins, so that we call upon Him with trust, receive His mercy, and let it flow through us to others. For more information go to jp2 shrine.org that is jp the number two shrine.org
0: cmf curo is the catholic health ministry that is affordable and fits into your family's health care needs but don't take our word for it here's what our members say
2: we join primarily to gain peace of mind that any medical bills we incurred would be paid for and especially to avoid financially assisting the culture of death we were thrilled to learn the cost of membership was significantly lower than average healthcare costs.
0: Learn more at mycatholichealthcare.com.
2: CMF Curo, healthcare fully alive.
0: Are you a man actively looking to engage in the spiritual life? Then on February 9th to the 11th, join the men's retreat with Father Rick Kramer and Father David Wells of the Archdiocese of Washington at Priestfield Pastoral Center in Kearneysville, West Virginia. There will be talks on the spiritual life, celebration of mass, opportunities for confession and time in adoration. For more information or to register for the retreat, go to 2018adwmen.eventbrite.com.
2: Hey, Donnie, what two important things do we receive when we go to Mass? Scripture
6: and the Eucharist.
2: Great job. You're so smart. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to WMET 1160 AM or simply log online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
0: All Catholic men are invited every Saturday morning to Blessed Sacrament Church in Alexandria, Virginia by the parish's men's group to enjoy fellowship with other Catholic men. It starts with breakfast at 6.30 a.m. and then a speaker will give a presentation at 7.15 a.m. Each week there is a different speaker talking on a topic related to the Catholic faith. For more information, go to blessedsacramentcc.org. That's blessedsacramentcc.org.
7: Hi, this is Dan DiBiasi, General Manager of WMET 1160 AM. I have an urgent announcement about WMET. We have been on the air in the greater Washington DC metropolitan area since 2010. We have been leasing the station from a very generous family who purchased WMET for that purpose. The owners want to sell WMET. This is exciting news for the Guadalupe Radio Network. WMET is being offered to the Guadalupe Radio Network well below market value at $2.8 million. We need your help because we only have one year to raise the funds to secure WMET as a Catholic voice for the area. Please visit our website at www.grnonline.com for more information or call us at 877-636-1160. That is 877-636-1160. Or email us at wmet at grnonline.com. That is wmet at grnonline.com. Please pray for the success of this project.
1: I am Christina Cox, your radio host with Catholics in the Capitol, and now we have our special guest, Will Gates, and he is a law student from Ava Maria University. Welcome, Will. How are you today?
8: I'm doing well. How about you, Christina?
1: I'm doing great. How was the flight coming up from Florida? The flight was good. It wasn't too bad. A little turbulence. But you made it. Yes, ma'am. Is this your first um, trip up to Washington?
8: Uh, no, I've been up here three or four times so far.
1: Well, welcome, and thank you for joining us. You know, I wanted to ask you, since you are a law student, how did you choose Ave Maria University? What made you pick that beautiful university? And is it in Naples?
8: Uh, Yes, the law school is in Naples. There's actually also the town Ave Maria um, with universities separate from it. But part of it is I've been with Ave Maria since fourth grade, gone to schools in the Ave Maria community since then. um, I'm actually going to wind up being one of the first to go through Ave Maria grade school through grad school. So, I mean, there's been kind of that tradition of going to Ave schools. But part of it is um, not only is it close to home, not only is it, you know, a good school, but it's... They really have the mission in there where, you know, as a Catholic lawyer, we have a moral duty not just to the law, but also to uphold the natural law and the teachings of the church. And so with Ave Maria, they really do a great job of tying all of that together and teaching you what you really need to know about how your moral duty, how your faith ties into um, the actual law in our society.
1: Well, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. So if you've been in that area for quite a while, you're very familiar with the community. Yes, ma'am. Then? I see. So what made you choose law school then?
8: Um, I've always been interested in law. Um, My teachers used to joke that I'd make a great lawyer because I was so good at arguing. (laughs) But in all seriousness, there's so much you can do with a law degree. Originally, I was interested in pursuing a career in criminal justice. But then I realized how important the law itself is rather than just the enforcement of it. The very foundation of our society is rooted in law, and with a law degree, you are able to advocate for or against laws. You're able to protect good laws that we have or have new ones created or try and strike down bad laws such as those seen in Roe v. Wade.
1: That's very true. Do you think that you will choose a specialty, or are you thinking about it now?
8: Uh, I'm still in the process of figuring that out. Not quite decided yet, still doing internships and
1: Mm-hmm. There's so out. many areas. I yes, mean, from, like you said, criminal or maybe real estate or maybe just working for the Roman Catholic Church. Yes, ma'am. We have a lot of lawyers, canon law. You know what that is, right?
8: Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm actually planning on taking a course in canon law next semester, possibly practicing canon law and family law together, just because I've been with the Avemarie community so long that would just it'd be um, a good fit for me, I think. But like I said, I'm still figuring out exactly what I do, what I want to do, and you know what, you know what path God wants me to take. So.
1: Well, that's very exciting, and canon law is very interesting, and you can do a lot with that as well. doesn't hurt to have that. So um, when you decided to go into Ave Maria Law, did you know anybody there or uh, any of the professors? Uh, did you explore, you know, the campus before you signed up?
8: Uh, yes. I'd stopped by to visit several times before. Um, it actually used to be the temporary campus for uh, the university when it moved down, so the community would go there for mass before the oratory was built out in town. But several of the professors, I did know some. Some of them, I went to high school with their kids out in Ave Maria, such as Dr. um I went to school with his son. Or um, all the way back up from Michigan when I was in fourth grade, uh, two of the professor's daughter uh, was actually in my class up there.
1: I see. So tell me about your professors. Name a couple of them and. Tell us about them.
8: Uh, Well, one of my favorite professors, Dr. Skarnecchia, he teaches a class the first year called Moral Foundations, and that's one of the classes that really kind of ties, you know, faith and natural law and everything together and, you know, that moral duty we have and, you know, our also duty as lawyers to the law. Um, And so he is very knowledgeable about philosophy, theology, everything else, and able to really explain and give a good basis and understanding for what we need to know as Catholic lawyers. We also have other professors. Uh, Professor Murphy, she teaches Torson first year. She is very good. Um, she will keep after you and have question after question that you will have to back up and answer. Um, but that's actually very good for us as students, I think, because it really makes us think and have to be quick on our feet. There's a couple other professors as well, but uh, all of them are all, you know, they all care about their students. You can really tell that. And they're all there to help us. Um, some of them, you know, will talk to us outside of class and give us, you know, any advice, whether it be on school or whatever else we may have. Um, or some of us, some of them, like Professor Miller, will talk to us in class and just give, you know, kind of the whole class a talk in general just about what's going on, if there may be anything happening inside or outside the classroom.
1: That's interesting. So when you, you're going to a Catholic law school, how do they work in the the Catholic part of it into the uh, courses?
8: Well, part of it is um, all of our classes are not just lectures, but they're taught with Socratic method. So you're, you know, you're able to think and, you know, actively discuss and debate with some of these topics in oh. class. And so when some of these topics come up, if we have, you know, an example or fact pattern of something going on, or someone else just has, you know, a question about something they've seen, whether in the news or something they thought of themselves, we can discuss that in class and discuss how exactly that should play out um, under the teachings of the Catholic Church, and under what you know we know to be objectively right or wrong, but in some of the other classes, like I said, with moral foundations or some of our third-year mission courses, those really go in depth to some of the issues, uh, where we study cases such as Obergefell or Roe v. Wade or other cases, and see exactly how our duty ties in with that and where the law has gone right or wrong.
1: Well, that's great because you know we just had the March for Life last week, and we had the National Right to Life interviewed um, Carol Tobias and Ernie Olaf were here so I'm sure you could maybe get an internship with them if you want over the summer and then doing a big conference and mm-hmm. uh, you could probably learn a lot from what they're doing and you could probably help out if you are interested in that type of law
8: yes ma'am that'd be amazing
1: that would be great so also I understand you, you got a community award for service to the Knights of Columbus tell us about that
8: um that was uh, back when I would been in Grade School High School, there was, uh, Ave Maria is a very small, close-knit community, so there's always something going on in there, whether it be events from specific organizations, or more often just something going on with the town itself. Uh, so growing up, I was very engaged in doing different forms of community service, whether it be helping with food drives, altar serving, or anything else that may have come up. Uh, so that, that would have been back when I was in high school, and I think that was focused more around altar serving, just community service, just a recognition of me and some of the other individuals and what we'd been doing.
1: That's wonderful. I love the Knights of Columbus. I love when I see them in the churches and, you know, after Mass, they were always doing some... Uh community lunch or spaghetti dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Raising money, that's what they do. So what is the St. Thomas More Society?
8: Now the St. Thomas More Society is a campus organization that's focused on uh, just building Catholic community there on campus. It's a place where the Catholic students can come together and be with other Catholic students for faith and fellowship. Uh, So typically we'll meet every Friday and we'll go in either for a rosary or adoration at the chapel on campus, and then we'll go back to someone's apartment each time a different place to go and just discuss and talk among ourselves.
1: Well, that's great. And also you belong to a fraternity. Yes. So how did you decide on which fraternity you are gonna choose? And tell us why mm. this one is the one that you okay. like the most. Yes, right? the
8: fraternity is Phi Alpha Delta. And it's a legal fraternity that's open to both men and women. So it's not a fraternity in the traditional sense of Greek life, but rather fraternity focused around the law. And what we'll we focus on there is service to both the community, to the school, and to the student.
1: So you're the treasurer for this yes, ma'am. chapter. So do you handle all the money. Are you fundraising with them? Yes, the yes. We're, we're
8: actually starting to fundraise again this semester. Um, our last fundraiser we did uh, was this past October, November. This past November we did a, we have an event every year called Fall Ball and we do a fundraiser for Make-A-Wish. So, um, oh, that's upcoming great. through this semester we're going to be doing more fundraising and trying to do uh, more events, whatever we can do.
1: have to come up with some ideas all the time, right? Yes ma'am. Do they have a magazine that they put out for the fraternity or?
8: On the national level there are some articles that come out from there but we don't have one that comes out specifically from the law school.
1: So. Having all this Catholic law experience and having your own faith, what can you tell young people like yourself how your Catholic faith has helped your Catholic education? I mean, you believe in Jesus, Mm -hmm. you pray— you, well, uh, would you say that it has helped you?
8: Yeah, I would say it has helped me actually, because um, if you look at, you know, the Catholic intellectual tradition that's, you know, associated with all the classes in the Ave Maria community. Uh, yes, there's faith. Yes, there's also learning in school. But you know, when you have both of these and you go to schools in the Alvin Maria community, you can see how your faith and how, you know, the law or any other subjects really fit together and how, you know, there's this underlying, you know, fabric of reality that comes from God and shows exactly how things work, why they work that way, and what our duty is moving forward.
1: You seem to me that you are a very good student. I see you're on the honor roll, the dean's list and valedictorian. You've won all these academic awards. That's a lot of hard work. Thank you. And now in the last couple of minutes, can you tell us a little bit about other things that go on at Ave Maria uh, University, and why would somebody want to go there if someone is listening today? I mean, Uh, the university itself must have other uh, great, unique... um,
8: The university or the law school?
1: Well, the university itself, the Ave Maria University.
8: Ave Maria University. So Ave Maria University is located out uh, in the town of Ave Maria. So it's out there by the oratory, and it's um, really kind of a unique place because it's this Catholic community that is built centered around the church. It's also, I mean, it still has that same characteristic that you find uh, at the university, at the law school, at other Ave Maria schools where you have that, you know, high ratio of professors to students and you have you know students are able to get all the help they need they're able to talk to their professors professors really care about their students and you have that general catholic atmosphere there where you know most universities i talk to my friends they go out and they're you know afraid to be openly catholic or afraid to be open about their faith but that's actually encouraged and actually celebrated out at Ave Maria university
1: well that's wonderful well you know i want to thank cap mona for his support to the students the faculty and Dean, and of the Ave Maria Law School. Cap is able to align this interview and bring you here today, and that was wonderful to have you as a special guest so our listeners could learn about the Ave Maria Law School. Any final words, Will?
8: Uh, Not at this moment, other than to say thank you to Cap and to all of you.
1: Well, thank you for joining us at Catholics in the Capitol, and come back again and see us. Good luck with all your studies and your graduation. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, that was some show today, and I was really happy to have Dr. Bocicua on the show, and we look forward to working more with the Catholic Medical Association. And God bless her and all her medical work. And I'd like to thank Will Gates, law students from Abba Maria University, from the law school, and thank you for flying all the way up here to Washington, D.C., and for all the wonderful work that you do for the Roman Catholic Church. Will is a fine example, a college student, soon to be a lawyer, who is going through life with Jesus by his side. You know, talking about medicine today, I like to think about all those people out there that are sick or have gotten a bad medical report. And if you have gotten some news like that, or you have a relative or someone that you want to pray for, just remember when you're in a tight place or in a storm, you just know you're going to come out on the other side. When times are tough, you lean on God. Through all this, we become a stronger person. And when we have God in our lives, it gets us through a tough situation because everybody goes through it one point or another in their lives. So speaking about medicine and medical reports, I'd like to ask our listeners to pray for two special people today. One is someone who is battling cancer. And he is a young man who just got married. His name is Manny that one of our supporters has wrote to me on email saying, please pray for Manny. He just got married and now he has a cancer situation. Please keep him in your prayers. And again, we have another person that is recovering from a diagnosis of having four-stage cancer is that is now in remission due to having prayers of so many people and having the faith in God. So if there's someone that you know or someone in your family who's struggling with an illness or a loved one. Please keep them in your prayers today. Let me tell you that Jesus Christ was the healer and He can make a miracle at any time. You know in the Bible, in the New Testament, there were many stories of Jesus healing people, and most of these people that came to Jesus for healing believed in Him and believed that He had the power to heal. If you don't believe in Jesus, that's not possible deep down to make that happen. So when it comes for health concerns and health of a loved one, we should always turn to prayer. We pray for disease prevention, for physical healing, for peace in our souls while enduring physical suffering. Fortunately, there seems to be a special saint for every illness. So here's a list of some saints that I wrote down that could help you pray to if you know someone or you have these common ailments yourself. Prayers to fight illness or cancer is first of all, number one is to say the Holy Rosary. Number two, Pray and do a novena for the divine mercy. That's a good one. And there are many people that do that at three o'clock during the day, whether you uh, do it online or to yourself. I think even EWTN has some divine mercy recordings in the daytime, during the week. And then we have Saint Peregrine, the saint for cancer. Another good one is Saint Jude, who's the saint of the impossible. And then we have St. Rita for healing wounds and St. Agatha for breast cancer. So with this, I'd like to read a prayer from the Blessed Mother that is called A Prayer to the Blessed Virgin, a most beautiful flower of Mount Carmel, fruitful vine, splendor of the heaven, blessed mother of the Son of God, immaculate virgin, assist me in my necessity. O star of the sea. Help me and show me herein you are my mother. O Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of heaven and earth, I humbly beseech you from the bottom of my heart to secure me in this necessity. There are none that can withstand your power. Now in this part we say this three times. O show me herein you are my mother. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Oh show me herein you are my mother, O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Oh, show me, herein you are my mother. O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Sweet mother, I place this cause in your hands. And this is where you put in your request three times. Say it to yourself, pray for that person. Say, Mother, I place this cause in your hands. Sweet Mother, I place this cause in your hands. And that is the prayer. I'd like to thank Father Jack Hurley for coming in and talking about the conversion of St. Paul. That was really interesting and all those wonderful saints. And then I'd like to thank Dan Dan, the radio man. That was fun chatting up what to do in Washington and about the restaurants and the Pope John Paul Cultural Shrine. Uh, that's a great place to go see. And I'd like to thank Mike Washabaugh, our great radio announcer, editor, and producer. And we have a great team here on GRN on WMET 1160 AM. Special thanks to our sponsor, Vince Capmona and Mono Electric for his general support of Catholics in the Capital. Well, that's it for today, and don't forget to tune in next week when we're going to talk to Marco Clark and learn more about the Association of the Catholic Colleges and Universities. I'd like to thank all our listeners for joining us today. Please like our page on Facebook or email me at Cox at grnonline.com. I am Christina Cox, your radio host for Catholics in the Capital on WMET 1160 AM. And before I go, join me in saying God bless the Roman Catholic Church and God bless America.